so tonight um, we're going to start actually start a new series entitled Pilgrim's Progress, A Guided Journey. Um, the study has been put together by Dr. Derek Thomas, so on the Pilgrim's Progress. Have any of you read the, ever read the Pilgrim's Progress? Right. Um, so the actual title of it is uh, The Pilgrim's Progress from This World to That Which is to Come. Uh, delivered under the similitude of a dream, written by John Bunyan. Um, it, it's a book that has been read and, and loved by believers for hundreds uh, of years now. Um, it actually first published in 1678. Um, and it is the second most printed work in the English language after the Bible. The Bible is number one, Pilgrim's Progress is number two. Um, it's an allegory. It's, it's where the characters and the places and the events in the book are, are all symbolic, and, and so they represent something else. Um, and, and so this allegory follows the life of the, the main character of the book, Christian. Uh, Christian strikes out on a journey, and, and the journey is a, a representation of the way to salvation and to eternal life. And so um, we're going to kind of do a walk through this book over the next few weeks. Um, start with just a few facts about uh, John Bunyan's life. He was uh, he's actually born in 1628 in England. Um, he had a, a pretty meager uh, upbringing. Uh, his father's occupation was actually to go around and to repair pots and pans. So if you, your pot and pan or pan got messed up, he would come and, and repair that, which is kind of crazy for my generation to think about, because nowadays if your pot or pan messes up, you chuck it and go get another one. But um, back in those days, they would repair those, and so uh, those metal instruments in the home, and that's what his father did, traveled and did for a living. Um, Bunyan, he actually married in 1649, 21, and the interesting thing is we don't know his, his first wife's name. Uh, you would think that for someone who has written such an influential work and, and whose scholars have spent so much uh, time reading and researching about him in his life, we would know his wife's name, but we don't. Uh, we do know that they had, they had four children uh, together. At the point in his life when he, he got married, he was a non-believer. As a matter of fact, this is what he wrote about, uh, about his early life. He said, I had few equals for cursing, swearing, lying, and blaspheming the holy name of God. Heaven and hell were both out of sight and out of mind. As far as being saved or, or being lost, they were least in my thoughts. So he just didn't care. He was totally uh, uh, focused on the here and now. Didn't, didn't give a thought to eternity. Um, and by the way, I have kind of, as I've studied and go through, I have kind of updated some of the language, uh, so hopefully it, it reads a little easier um, as we do that. But through time, things begin to happen in his life that begin to make him, him think about heaven and hell and eternity. Um, one 
one pivotal moment that he talks about, that he recounts, is um, he was caught playing a game of tip cat on the Sabbath. Have any of y'all ever heard of tip cat? I had to look it up. I'd never heard of it. Um, so here's what tip cat is. There's, there are two pieces of wood. There's a small one and a large one. The small one is the cat. The large one is the bat. So you got the cat and the bat. The smaller one is tapered on either end, and that is put on the ground. And so you take the larger stick, the bat, and you smack it on the ground, which makes it pop up. And when it pops up, while it's in the air, you hit it a second time. And I don't know if you see how far you can hit it, or the picture's got somebody catching it. But anyway, that's kind of the way the game goes, and he was caught doing that on the Sabbath. And in 1600s England, uh, it did not go well for him when he was caught doing that. He, uh, he was chastised for it, and someone was talking with him about this, and um, it led to them, they were also talking about just the way that Bunyan uh, was living his life. And this person just very, very bluntly kind of said to him, will you leave your sins and go to heaven, or will you have your sins and go to hell? Um, and Bunyan's response to this as a lost, proud, defiant young man was this. My state is surely miserable, miserable if I leave my sins, but miserable if I follow them. I cannot be, but be sent to hell. I mean, he's thinking, looking at my life, there's, there's no way I can be saved. And if I must be sent to hell, I might as well be sent to hell for as many sins as sent to hell for few. Right? Kind of like when I was growing up uh, when playing basketball. Right? If you're going to get called for a foul, make it count. Right? No blood, no foul. Um, that, that's how he looked at it. If I'm going to be sent to, sent to hell anyway, I might as well be sent for as much sin as I can possibly commit. Now, this is what he said. But we know deep down somewhere in his, in his mind and his heart, the Lord was was using all of this um, to work on him. Not long after this, Bunyan was actually in, in front of a shop in town, um, and he was doing his usual thing of, of spitting and cursing and, and telling dirty jokes and laughing and, and carrying on. And during this time, a, um, we'll call her a, a woman of ill repute, um, some would say a woman of the, the world's oldest profession came by and um, she told him that he should be ashamed for the way that he was speaking and carrying himself. Now, when a woman in, in that lifestyle, that profession, to say something about your behavior, it, it says something. Um, and so the Lord, again, uses that instance to further work in his life. And so he would, he would kind of think about that instance and, and think about, um, as conviction for sin started to work in his heart, and that would be for about the next 18 months before he was actually converted. So a year and a half of, of struggling and wrestling in his soul before he was born again. And, and these kind of 
biographical sketches of his life help us uh, to understand a lot about what he wrote in the book. You know, for example, this, this is why Christian in the book does not just hear the gospel and, and immediately just believe right off the bat. He goes through a lot of different things throughout the book because of Bunyan's experience of wrestling with and, and carrying the weight of the burden of his sin until he, he finally believed and was converted. So, um, as, the, as the book opens up, um, the, the narrator of the book describes falling asleep and, and dreaming. And as he's dreaming, he, he sees this young man, a young man named Christian who lives in the city of destruction. And this man is described as being clothed in rags. He has a book in his hand, which is the Bible, and he, he has a great burden on his back, which is the burden of sin. And uh, this is what Bunyan writes next. He says, I, look and, I looked and saw him open the book and read it. And as he read, he wept and trembled. And not being able any longer to contain it, he broke out with sobbing cry, saying, What shall I do? So this, this man is convicted of his sin from the Bible, and yet he doesn't know what to do about it. What does he do with his sin? It, it reminds us a lot of Acts 16. When uh, Paul and Silas, they were in jail in Philippi, and, and there was an earthquake, and all of the prisoners' chains fell off, and the cell doors were opened, and the guard woke and, and thought that the prisoners had, had all escaped. And so he's getting ready to take his own life out of, out of shame and, and failure at his job. And then we read this, that Paul cried out with a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And the jailer called for the lights and rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down for, before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do? To be saved. And so this is the point where Christian is as the story opens. And it goes through and it talks about how he tries to talk to his wife. And he tries to talk to his children about what he's experiencing and what he's going through. And they just don't want to listen to it. Right? They, they think he's going crazy. So they try to get him to, at first just to quiet down. After a while, they're actually harsh to him about his, what he's saying and his behavior. And then, uh, finally, they just kind of end up just ignoring him. So, Christian began to be by himself and to, to pray for himself and for his family. And he would walk in the fields and he would read from the book, um, just trying to get rid of this great burden that he felt. And he said, it says he did this for days and days. Again, we can hear the, the echoes from Bunyan's life in this wrestling with this, burden that he's carrying. And then, then one day, Christian met another man named Evangelist. Um, you can see how the, the names of the characters immediately tell us about them. Um, and, and Christian says to Evangelist, he says, Sir, I perceive by the book in my hand I'm condemned to die, and after that to come to judgment. And I find that I'm not willing to do the first nor able to do the second. Basically saying, I don't want to die because I know that if I die, I'm destined to hell. And because of this burden that I'm under, there's no way I can face judgment. And so it says, then Evangelist uh, gave him a parchment roll. And it was written on it, flee from the wrath to come. 
And so the man read it, and looking at Evangelist, he, he carefully said, To where must I flee? And Evangelist said, Do you see the narrow gate over there? And the man said, No. The Evangelist said, Do you see the shining light over there? He said, I think I do. Then said Evangelist, Keep, your, keep the light in your eye and go up directly to it. So you will see the gate at which when you knock, you will be told what you should do. Um, and so we see here the, the biblical references, uh, the parchment roll, which said to, to flee from the wrath to come is, is from Matthew 3, where John the Baptist is talking to the Pharisees and, and Sadducees, and he asks them, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? And then John the Baptist gives them this command to bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Jesus spoke in Matthew 7 about this narrow gate. He said, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many, for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. And we'll see the, the reality of these verses play out uh, throughout this story. Um, especially next week when we're going to see Christian and, and a character called Pliable fall into the, the slough of despond um, as they go on their, their journey. The light that evangelist tells Christian to keep his eye on is the Word of God. From, so verses like Psalm 119, Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light into my path. The, the book that Christian keeps referring back to, he always talks about this book that I'm reading. Um, and we see here that, that Bunyan's making the point that salvation must come through the hearing of the Word. We spoke earlier about Christian's family, and, and he and his wife and his children are, are living in this city of destruction, and his uh, wife and his children wouldn't listen to them um, about what he was trying to share with them. And he, he tells them early on, he says, I'm certainly informed, again, by, by the book he's reading, that this our city will be burnt with fire from heaven, in which both myself with you, my wife, and you, my sweet children, shall miserably come to ruin, except some way of escape which I cannot yet see can be found whereby we may be delivered. And so he tells them this, and then after Christian meets evangelist, and, and he reads the parchment roll, and talks to him about following the light, uh, to the narrow gate. He does all that, and then um, Bunyan says this. So I saw in my dream that the man began to run. Now he had not run far from his own door when his wife and children, perceiving it, began to cry after him to return. But the man put his fingers in his ears and ran on crying, Life, life, eternal life. So he looked not behind him, but fled towards the middle of the plain. Um, guy that has done a lot of reading and research and a lot of writing on Pilgrim's Progress, guy named uh, Dr. Barry Corner, he writes this about this particular part of the book. He says, it should not be thought that Bunyan is advocating that a, a seeking father can just abandon his wife and children and to pursue with a reduced hindrance personal salvation according to the Bible. That's not the point of the, the picture there that, that, that Bunyan's painting. 
He says, as a matter of fact, Bunyan's devotion to his own family was beyond question. Though for the sake of conscience, he felt constrained to subject his own flesh and blood to deprivation on account of a higher priority represented by imprisonment for 12 years. So Bunyan was, uh, spent many years in prison. Um, uh, a lot of those that they, they said, look, man, you can leave this prison anytime. All you got to do is not preach anymore. And so he was there for, he, he would not do that. And so he stayed in prison. So it said, it would seem that his second wife was in full agreement with this determined stand. Hence, in allegorical terms here, what Bunyan is teaching is that nothing, not even one's closest relatives, should take precedence over an individual's quest for peace with God and citizenship in his kingdom. So what we see here is this, this kind of jarring illustration of what Jesus says in Luke 14. He says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, Yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. And so as we come to the end of this, this first lesson that we're, we're looking at together, we see Christian, he's fleeing the city of destruction with this great burden on his back, looking for eternal life. He's following the light to the narrow gate. And so we're going to keep continue on following Christian as he goes on this journey. And we'll come back and we'll see um, that he starts to meet and, and to interact with some other characters along the way. And through that, um, Bunyan's going to talk about and explain different people that we meet um, in the Christian life and, and um, how they interact. So it would be a very, very interesting study as we walk through this together. Um, let's close tonight in a word of prayer. Father, we, we come and we thank you for men in history like Bunyan. We thank you for the works that, that they've written, um, that we can look back, Father, and, and read and draw from and learn from. Uh, Father, I pray that you would use it as you have for years now. Um, Lord, to, to help us understand something of the Christian life. Uh, Father, we, we thank you for this time together. We pray that you, as we go through the rest of our week, Father, we might obey and worship you. And so we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.